0: most of this is is deterministic by the way so we're not it's not like stochastic it's not machine learning it's deterministic and that's where it gets interesting because even just deterministically we can do things such as saying hey your finger is in the wrong spot and that's because almost certainly because your wrist is collapsed and it should be straight so we can give pretty detailed feedback
1: Alright everybody, welcome back to the Clearview Podcast. Today I'm speaking with Sam Walder from tralla Trala is a company that does online violin lessons through an app, uh, and they're soon going to be expanding to all instruments. They use AI to listen to what you play and tell you what you're doing wrong. Sam, how are you doing today?
0: Doing great. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: Yeah, of course. So tell me a little bit more about Trala What are you guys doing over there?
0: Our mission at Trala is to make world-class music education accessible to everyone on Earth. So historically, the music uh, industry has been very good at at servicing suburban children, but they're a small, small segment of the world population, and a bunch of other people want to learn music, so those are the people who we're trying to help. And we've started with violin, which is the world's hardest instrument to learn, and we are the, uh, I guess you could call us the, industry leader for remote learning the violin um everything lives through an app you can get private lessons you can watch video tutorials featuring diverse violinists through many genres and you have a technology where you can play music and the app gives you instant feedback through signal processing on the things you're doing right and the things you're doing wrong so that's what we got right now
1: that's amazing so how many how many people are using this now
0: um, we've got about 10,000 active students right now.
1: 10,000? And where, where are they located?
0: We, they're in 130 different countries. So we're very, uh, geographically diverse.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. What, what brought you to, uh, to do this? What, what made this interesting for you?
0: Yeah, I am a violinist. I started learning when I was a little kid and I've been playing violin my whole life. And I also have a background in computer engineering, so I studied both of them in college. And I was lucky enough to study under um, a professor, my, my undergrad thesis advisor. His background was in audio signal processing for music. So he was also a musician and an engineer. And uh, he taught me a bunch about how to build algorithms that basically take in audio and give you really interesting uh, data from it. So I was able through that to kind of start working on the initial code base of Tralla, which involved listening to you play an instrument and telling you whether or not you were on pitch or off pitch, whether or not you were hitting the right rhythm or not. And that got me really interested in, in seeing what can we do with technology to improve the music education industry. And that's kind of where it all started.
1: Yeah, interesting. I'm, I'm curious about sort of the the AI tech behind it. Uh, for example, if you're if you're processing somebody's music that they're playing and giving them feedback, you want to be giving them feedback on things that are specific, like you just said, like pitch and rhythm. And are those are those separate algorithms? Do you have sort of a like a mixture of algorithms that are each tuned to some particular aspect, or is there kind of like one algorithm that's able to produce an output that is directing the the user towards what they need to improve
0: that's a great question we are running several algorithms concurrently that are able collectively to give you some really really in-depth
1: and helpful information on what you're playing what kind of can you tell me a little bit about like what's what's under the hood um sort of from like ml perspective (laughs)
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we take in we're taking in audio data, data live right through the microphone okay. and we're processing, processing this all. And most of this is, is deterministic by the way. So we're not, it's not like stochastic. It's not machine learning. It's deterministic. Okay. Um, there's AI stuff that we're doing, which is going to give more pedagogical feedback. Um, but that's not something that's user facing right now. All of that is internal. Um, But what we do right now is just take in that live audio data, do a bunch of fancy math on it, and then we can know things based on what you're trying to play at that point. And we'll say, oh, wait, you're playing something else. And that's where it gets interesting, because even just deterministically, we can do things such as saying, hey, your finger is in the wrong spot. And that's because, almost certainly because your wrist is collapsed and it should be straight. So we can give pretty detailed feedback. And a teacher, right? I mean, these, these are things that we can get pretty sophisticated with. Like you and I are talking just through audio. I can't see you right now. If you were to pick up a violin and start playing, I would be able to just through the audio tell you all sorts of things about whether or not you were standing incorrectly, whether or not your, your bow had enough rosin on it. Um, obviously, you would need to know what that even means. But there's a lot of little technicalities, which all you need is audio for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing that you can do that. You can do that level of subtlety de- deterministically. I could imagine you could just connect an algorithm to um, like some digitized sheet music and, you know, have a range of expected sounds that it's going to hear, but for it to be able to infer from like one kind of off pitch pitchness versus another kind of off pitchness being related to finger positioning wrist positioning, or, you know, something about the violin itself or the way you're standing. That's really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm.
0: And all, all, all of that just comes from having a base of knowledge around how to teach the instrument. Right. So it's, it's led by musicians, which is what really makes the difference. It's like, we, we can shortcut all the training that would have to go into um, AI and all the terabytes of audio by just like having a little bit of knowledge about how to be a good teacher.
1: Yeah, so I saw I saw on your website there's a list of teachers there. How does how does that interact with the app? So you you've got the the algorithms. Are those algorithms being kind of honed by these teachers and over sort of a data set of user uh, uh, recordings?
0: Um, that is that is happening. Those teachers are are. Uh, they are in video content and they teach private lessons. So the algorithms are just one part about Trala, but the robot doesn't teach you violin, right? People Mm -hmm. teach you violin. It's the hardest instrument out there. And and no matter what you're trying to learn, it's it's best to be with a person. Uh, Also because when you're learning an instrument, it shouldn't just be about learning technical skills. You're trying to be impacted as an individual. Right. Mm. Like we're trying to bring more music into the world, not just bring more technical skills into the world. doesn't matter how good your rhythm is if you don't have a groove and if you don't know, you know, how to play music and how to bring that to other people. So we have two things. We've got video content, highly produced video content from some of the top multi-genre violinists in the world. So multi-genre is important here because almost all music ed focuses on classical music from the 18th and 19th centuries. And we're sort of modernizing that for the very first time. So we have people uh, who are focusing on modern um, Middle Eastern music, on uh, Celtic fiddling, on the blues, on jazz and, and pop and hip hop. Like it's it's very diverse and this is what our students are interested in. So that's one part of it. And the other part of it is we've got um, private teachers that you can take lessons with who are trained on the Trollow Method and who can assign homework to you through the app so you're basically getting feedback all the time not just during the 30 minutes you have with them but throughout the rest of the week
1: mm-hmm. so then so that you, you do these private lessons with real humans who are helping to deliver the full experience of learning to play music you know including the emotional and like artistic components and then they can give you homework. And that homework is then the, the stuff that's kind of graded with the algorithms so that you can sort of scale these teachers' time over more people, but without dropping it to just the level of a you know a music app that's deterministically responding to what you're playing, but without the soul.
0: Exactly. And nobody's done this before. So this is what we call the Trala School of Music right this is a full music school in one integrated experience where you are able to get the benefits of technology and the benefits of the best teacher you could possibly have who's also matched for you and segmented for you right that's one of the great things about scale is most teachers are not right for most students it's hard to match that you know let's say you have a local teacher uh, you know, what's, what's the chance that you actually really vibe with them and they mm-hmm. vibe with you and they understand your goals. Um, it's actually pretty low. So with scale, with technology, we can say, Hey, if you are 55 years old and interested in bluegrass and are just trying to be a hobbyist, we have a teacher who understands that and is there to help you with those goals. Um, so, so that's why we call it the Trollis School of Music. It's, It's holistic and it's complete
1: yeah it's beautiful so tell me tell me a little bit more about the sort of the journey of starting this what was what was the hardest thing for you going from recognizing this need having this idea you mentioned you had a you know a connection to a professor who was early early into the signal processing and uh you you had yourself both a music and a computer science background tell me tell me how you went from like zero to one here
0: that's a great question. I think so. My my college roommate and I, Vish, we started this together. We had been building products together for years. Um, we did a ton of hackathons. We basically like figured out how to win any hackathon, and we'd go across the country and build products and pitch them and win some money. And after a while, we thought, "Gosh, like we we could probably just do this right <laughs> as a job." And so we always knew we wanted to build something, and. It was. It was obviously going to be something to do with with music and technology because that's just. We saw this this huge, huge problem of accessibility in the space. We're just. It, it's the it's the perfect thing that's primed for technology, right? Mm-hmm. We're saying most people don't have access to this. The reason they don't have access is because of geographic issues, because of class and race issues, because of age issues. Just things. Where where people don't feel like they're welcome in you know in a beginner music school, this is perfect for technology. So that's why we started building this, and that's why we started um, writing the the signal processing code. And uh, it was like two years of just writing signal processing code, and then finally we you know ju- we just put it on the app store pretty early on, and started getting organic downloads just like that. You know, it turned out a lot of people wanted what we were building and so you know how they say the whole if you build it they will come thing is actually bs well that that wasn't really the case for us we built it and they did come
1: yeah wow that's that's fascinating so i'm i'm curious when you guys launched on the app store how many competitors were out there how many other you know like music apps i'm, I'm imagining that was something that hit the market pretty quickly
0: yeah, I mean, there there's hundreds of violin apps, but we quickly became the number one violin app because we were just delivering. I mean, I I, I talk you through a couple of pretty big things that we're doing, like all the signal processing tech, yeah. all the video content and all the private lessons, like all three of those taken separately could be a pretty successful product.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The, the
0: fact that we are combining all of them and doing like doing all of them at a really high quality is basically unprecedented in the industry. And so people recognize that quality.
1: Yeah. So you you launch on the app store, you kind of describe that you had these these features and some some distribution of people picked your app over other apps based on whatever, and then they started growing it virally. So it sounds like that's kind of what happened. So there wasn't really any marketing beyond just the app store look and feel description. Yeah, right? pretty
0: much we say we say our students are our brand hmm. right the students are the ones who who we care about and we focus in on them and they're the ones who are going to bring the word of trala out to the world like hmm. we we've got it there's a trala student who has a tattoo of the trala logo you know and he got that pretty early on that people are pretty obsessed with the with the product
1: yeah wow yeah a tattoo is pretty solid <laughs> um <laughs> endorsement so how about the economics here the uh sort of the the business model so do people pay for pay to download the app and then it's free or do they pay for private lessons with teachers is that an in-app purchase are you paying money to the app store for those things how does how does this work
0: the self-serve version of trala with no teacher is a subscription model so twenty dollars a month and that gets you all the tech and all the video content Mm-hmm. And then to take private lessons is additional on top of that. And most students pay re- a recurring subscription for that. So let's say it was, um, you know, four lessons per month at uh, $35 per lesson, then it would be a $140 a month additional subscription. And all of that happens within the app.
1: Okay. So a, a bullet point that I have for this conversation is about to ask you about targeting a truly inter- international audience as a startup and i'm i'm curious about that so you said you have people in 130 different countries is is this all in english or have you like internationalized localized into other languages
0: right now it's all in english so it's super international but not localized which is kind of nuts right and it's something that um we should probably get around to doing right if uh, it'll be a really good growth lever once we do that um, but yes, everybody who's using Trala right now is using the English version, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know. Again, it's just something. It's like I don't know how they found us, but they yeah. did. They 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 really worked to find us.
1: What's holding you back from localizing?
0: It's just a focus thing. You know, mm-hmm. we're we're trying to execute on so much right now that uh, we're currently building all this video content. We are going to have subtitles and closed captions for all of it. Um, we're just building stuff so quickly that we didn't want that to slow us down. We're still sort of in the point where we want to focus on the core value that we're providing before we go into like mega growth mode. Mm -hmm. But once we do that, then localization
1: is really going to be staring us in the face. Yeah. What are, so you mentioned, uh, like videos and closed captioning and what are, what are some of the other things that are on your plate for, for like finishing out the, uh, the core offering?
0: Oh, gosh, so much. I mean, like, ask any founder what their product roadmap looks like, right? <laughs> it's it's just, it, it, it never ends. The majority of the things that we want to build are in order to facilitate uh, a better experience with your teacher. So that means kind of like flowing data back and forth between the teacher and the student. Um and the the other thing we really want to execute on is the playing experience. So making sure that when you're actually playing your instrument, that you have you're like sort of in a flow state. It's very musical. There's great backing tracks, um, and that it's giving you good feedback. So mm-hmm. th- those are the things that we're sort of constantly
1: working on. Right. Great. So something you said earlier is that you you kind of got your start into this by really just being into hackathons and. You know, going from one hackathon to the next and like developing a product idea, developing a product, winning the hackathon, getting some money and then going on to the next one. And then recognizing that you could maybe just build a product that was successful. What when you when you started to do that, when you started to build Trala, what was different about that, uh, that you weren't that you didn't feel you were prepared for? That was not just a oh hackathon. Everything. Environment? <laughs> we, were,
0: we were so overconfident you thought well first of all what we wanted to do was to sort of it it was we wanted to take a shock to the system for music ed Mm -hmm. we wanted them to kind of stare in the in in the mirror and and think you know gosh aren't we decades behind um and so we focused really really strongly on the technology from the beginning and you know it turns out that that building really good tech with a great user interface. takes a ton of work mm-hmm. and we couldn't just hack stuff together. Um, but the nice thing is we found that it was really fun as well to keep iterating. So we we had constant energy and, and the, the best part, the thing that really kept us going was having actual people use our products, right? When you're building something for like a hackathon, nobody actually uses it, right? You're the mm-hmm. only person who uses it. Um, but when you build a product, it's uh it's sort of like, ultimately validating because you get to change people's experiences and sometimes even their lives through, through the product building. So I think that's, you know, the, the, the good and the bad is it takes a lot more work, but you get to make more impact. That was my experience at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'd imagine there's sort of the, the iteration process could be a little bit different if you're iterating in the course of a couple of days for a judge versus in connection and conversation with users,
0: Oh, it's so much more fun and so much more difficult to build for <laughs> actual people, you know.
1: Yeah. How do you how do you balance or sort of consolidate all the different types of user feedback and requests to stay sort of on mission while meeting meeting the most of the needs that are coming in?
0: That that's a really great question. I think we are way more uh, User focused than most companies. Um, we used to send an interview request to every single person who downloaded Tralla. So I have personally done over 500 phone calls with wow. just random students. And, and there's also a nomenclature thing here. We don't have users. We have students, mm-hmm. right? Which which implies a sense of service. That I think a lot of other companies they're they're trying they're trying to get people right they're trying to get people to use their thing. There's like this weird drug connotation, honestly. Yeah. But we have students. We're here to serve. Kind of hook them. people. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, to that end, you know, companies, products that are trying to get users, you know, they'll use dark pattern or like some design to get people hooked on their like sort of dopamine system. And this happens with like you know language learning apps and musical apps trying to give people a little bit of positive reinforcement. Um, how do you how do you keep people engaged in in Trala? Is there, I guess, what I'm trying to ask is like you don't want people to become like addicted to it just to get the amount of <laughs> use that makes your investors feel good, but you're really trying to have people get the most out of it and have that be the reason why they come back. How are you doing that in the app?
0: What we think is ultimately satisfying to people is discovering a voice inside themselves that they're able to share out with the world. And that's what music is.
1: Hmm.
0: We don't need to have to trick people into liking music. We don't need to have dark patterns to allow them to understand that what they're doing is meaningful and fulfilling. What we're trying to do is simply service the creation and development of something which is already inside of you. That's what makes working at at Trala and working in the education industry, I think specifically, very different from working Mm -hmm. on other products because If you just focus on educational outcomes, then people will surprise you. I think we trust our students a lot to take what we're learning and bring that into their own personal lives and bring that out to their communities. So we love hearing stories of people saying, hey, I played for my family. I played in my church. I just played for myself, and nobody listened. And that was great. It was the only time that I did something for myself today. you know, it's it, it, music is all about action. We we like to say that we're ninety nine percent praxis, right? There's people who are very like theory focused. We're very mm-hmm. praxis focused. Let's get an impact, and let's trust the students to do that. I, I don't I don't think we should try and sort of force anything upon them. Now, at the same time, and sorry, I'm spilling pretty long on this, but at, at the same time. Um, it's our responsibility as an educator to tell our students what they should be doing, right? That's why, you know, teachers give homework, mm-hmm. right? The, the student doesn't necessarily know what they're supposed to do. And the student needs to trust that we are telling them the thing that is in their best interest. That is what a good educator does. Hey, I need you to practice for 30 minutes a day if you're going to hit your goals, right? Right. And so the student says, okay, that's how I hit my goals. I'll do it. And they'll trust you. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're telling somebody that they need to do something that they don't actually need to do, that trust will eventually break down and you're going to lose them forever. Doesn't matter how, uh, how like hooked they are in the moment. If they, f- if you or I feel like somebody's trying to get something out of us, then we're going to be turned off to that, right?
1: Yeah yeah so yeah something you had just mentioned about like this is something that you really enjoy about working in education but it also sounds like this is a way that you are specifically doing education because a lot of us had the experience of education where it was somebody telling us like like giving us a syllabus and telling us what to learn and sort of doing it from the outside in with this like I'm going to install knowledge in you but you're you're doing it from this you already have it in you we're going to help you develop it and bring it out to the world.
0: Yeah, man, that's such a good point. I mean, think about this. Imagine, I don't know if you had this point in school, if you ever had this point, most people don't, where somebody goes to you and says, what do you want to learn? Why are you here? Mm -hmm. Right. Our our experience with the education system is like, you know, it's compulsory, right? You have to go to school. Which of these classes do you want to take
1: to like, (laughs) to get your credits you know
0: yeah exactly and there, there's you know it starts to get better when if you are lucky enough to go to college and it's like you get to choose your major and stuff like that mm-hmm. but think about you know people ch- switch their majors so much they, they're in this compulsory education for all these years and then they have to go off and make their own decisions about how they want to be educated and they flounder with that people have so much trouble deciding what to do and mm-hmm. it's no wonder it's because we didn't allow people to do that so that's something that that we're trying to change at trala this is another issue with the music education space is that you know i I, a lot of people take classical lessons they take like suzuki lessons and never once does the teacher ask them hey what do you want to play what music are you interested in that's not how it goes. It always goes, okay. You just played this Haydn concerto, and now we are going to play this um, uh, this other concerto by Beethoven. And that's the next thing you do. And not once. And it sounds obvious, and it sounds crazy, but not once are people asked what they want to do.
1: Yeah, or maybe maybe they are. Maybe they're asked what they want to play from this classical, uh, you know, selection. But what they really yeah. wanted to do—the reason they're taking Suzuki—is because they wanted to get into bluegrass, like you said earlier.
0: It's like you—you go, you go to a grocery store and they say, "What type of sushi would you like?" And yeah. it's like, "Oh, I actually was here for some juice, you know." But you're not—you're not allowed to buy juice. You're only allowed to buy sushi. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, this is this has been amazing. I'm really I'm really glad that you exist and that Trala exists. And uh, I mean, I'm really curious. I, I picked up a uh, sort of a Native American flute. Like I ordered one on the internet like a month ago. Uh, it seems pretty simple. There's not much to it. But like I haven't played a musical instrument since I was a teenager. And um, I'm really feeling kind of called to it right now. <laughs> so when you guys expand from violin, maybe I'll dive into trala.
0: Well, maybe, maybe we'll... Uh you know we'll expand to uh what's the name of the flute
1: oh i don't even know it's just <laughs> it, was, it was made by well, some well, somebody who had I a know. really <laughs> hilariously authentic looking uh website and i was like okay this person really cares about the flutes that they're making and that's what matters to me
0: <laughs> i love that well you know once uh, once we expand to that instrument then um i'll, I'll send you a message
1: <laughs> sounds great <laughs> all right thank you sam this has been a great conversation
0: Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you.
1: Take care.